Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, in Jesus' name, I'm so glad to be with you. And we've been talking about, initially, a few weeks ago, it was, um, what is your spiritual IQ? Last week we started about the, the rut, this, this, this spiritual rut we may be in. I think we are because of some of the things that we've talked about, obviously, the things that should be happening in the church and in our lives that, that are not, those things that are, are not happening. But uh, there are some things happening worldwide. And if I, you'll remember, I want to, I'm going down a little trail here. Some of us haven't been around, but I want you to hear what the Lord would have to say. And when I am questioned by someone who is hearing me minister to other people and, and, and talking about uh, the things of God and you know, being a full gospel minister and we are full gospel people, we, we do believe that the signs, wonders, and miracles are just as real and relevant today as they've ever been. But we don't see them. And so when I'm ministering that and someone uh, who is a bystander asks me, why is that? What, what, you know, it, is it not for today? And then I have a denominational pastor tell me flat out that certain things, gifts and manifestations are not for today. I say, we're in trouble. We're in trouble just a little bit. But praise God, we're only in trouble to the degree that we allow ourselves to be in trouble. Amen? Amen? Amen. So God, in Jesus' name, as usual, Lord, I've overstudied, I've overthought this thing, and probably I've underprayed it. So Lord, I pray now the same prayer that I prayed to you earlier, that despite my shortcomings, Father, that you would, in this moment, fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I may speak to those who you've put under the sound of this voice. Father, let it be your voice, your words, Father, let us have grace imparted to us simply because we're gathered in your presence, in your holy name, Jesus. And we want to have fellowship with you. We want to come near you, Lord. And Father, you tell us in the word that if we will draw nigh unto you, you would draw nigh unto us. So Father, be near us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, you know, in order for the church to be in a spiritual rut, it's not a church, a building. The church is made up, obviously, of, a, uh, of, of believers. And so, in order for the church, quote-unquote, to be in a rut, then oh, that means it's members or us, we do. So now, just to bring to your remembrance, and some of us weren't here, and some maybe some weren't listening last week, but in John fourteen twelve, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Of course, that's Jesus speaking, and he's speaking very plainly to his disciples, not to special apostles or anything else, but he, because he, here's the qualifier. What is the qualifier? He who believes. That's the qualifier. It doesn't say he who is chosen, he who is an apostle. He says he who believes. So the qualifier in order to do the works of Jesus and greater works is that you are a believer. Amen? So in Ephesians, this is one of our foundation scriptures from last week. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared us, prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So remember from last week, folks, and I'm not going to re-preach it, but just so that we're all jumping off the same platform as it were, there are three elements that we see there, and they are grace, faith, and works. Grace, faith, and works. Amen? Amen? Those three work together for the outcome that God has predetermined. Amen? Okay, so now Mark 16, we were here in verse 15. This was Jesus addressing his uh, apostles or disciples just before he went into heaven. And he said in verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. These signs will follow who? Those who believe. Again, the criteria being believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly, anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. 
these things are just and real and relevant today as they were back then. You know how I know that? Where's my cheerleader? No, because, my brothers and sisters, God, all through the Scripture, He doesn't say that it will be only for this time. The qualifier is belief. Belief. So look, if, how, do, how are we saved? Faith. Right? So just like we... So now, wait. So I need to depend on faith or my belief in, my reliance upon, my adherence to what He has spoken to me about salvation, but everything else we can just terminate. No, it's the same. Our faith, our trust, our belief in God. God is the same. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Is there anyone else in this room or listening to me digitally that's ever saw or read or have that scripture been made real to you? Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So when he says it, that's it. It's eternal. Man, we believe this stuff. Well... Pastor, I also said, it also says in Corinthians, where there be times where these things will vanish away. Yes, when that which is perfect, there will be no need for these spiritual gifts. Why? Because we will, we will be perfected. We won't need to be healed anymore. Why? Because we're going to have a heavenly body that, oh, hallelujah, I need that. I won't have to speak in an unknown tongue anymore. Why? Because everybody's going to be speaking the same thing. Everybody's going to already know that the wonderful and marvelous gifts of God, we're already going to know. For now we know in part, but then face to face. For then, listen, we will, be, we will see Him and we will be like Him. For we will see Him as He is. All of those things that I just said to you are Scripture. Yes and amen. And we've been hovering around those Scriptures for months now. And I believe, my brothers and sisters, that God has a plan. But remember back in Mark 16 when Jesus said those to these, those apostles and disciples that were in that area with him. This is how he started in verse 14. Remember? He first started that conversation by saying he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they didn't believe when they were told that he had been risen. So he rebuked them. So you have to... See, my brothers and sisters, the belief has to be something that's demonstrated, not something that's calculated, something that's... Oh, boy, that was good. I'm glad we're recording that. Belief is something that's demonstrated, not calculated. So my brothers and sisters, listen. They could have said that they were believing. Even Peter professed and confessed that he was going to die with Jesus. He was ready to die with him, but then denied him, and then didn't believe first off, first hand, when he was told by Mary, He's alive! I'm going to run down and see for myself. Are are you with me? Ah, hallelujah. What do we believe? Why do we believe it? Remember, you have been dealt a measure of faith. I want to push on this just a little bit because I have people who in this room and who are listening to me right now or will listen to this recording and they don't totally understand that. What does that mean? I've been dealt a measure of faith. My brothers and sisters, when you come face to face with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the first thing that we have to recognize is me in my current condition. I'm not acceptable to God. And I don't care how good you are, how smart you are, how good you think you are. I don't care how many times you've not been arrested. I don't care how many times you've been tempted to do evil and in your mind you did not do it. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. You are born with the sin nature and it is in you to do wrong. But I've never done wrong according to, his, according to whose uh, qualifications. See, according to our own qualifications, and again, I keep saying this, and the reason why I keep bringing this to you and to whoever might be listening is because we continue to, we continue to operate this way. I'm not as bad as them. I'm not as bad as I used to be. Goody, goody. But it's not them that we're looking at. And it's not yourself who you're supposed to be pleasing. It's God. And God says, there are none righteous, no, not one. So now, Tony, what does that mean? So now I, I go to the cross, recognizing that Jesus was so ultimately good, and I don't measure up to him, but he, and he was so good and so loving and so kind that he went to a cross for me. Amen? So now watch. He goes to a cross for me. And so now I say, okay, i got to react. I'm, I, I, Jesus, yes, I stink on ice. Jesus, I stink on ice. I know that I don't measure up. 
But in this moment, I'm willing to accept you, your way. That's when you're dealt the measure of faith. When you truly go to Him at the cross, knowing that you need to be redeemed. Knowing that, listen, knowing that you can't, you, you can never be good enough to earn a, a fellowship with God. Knowing that in and of yourself you stink. So you go to Him, and you trust in Him, and you listen, and you recognize the love that He has for you, that He poured out for you. And in that moment, when you recognize that, that's when you're dealt that measure of faith. In Romans 12, 3-6, this is the scripture that we ended up with last week. For I say, in verse 3, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having the then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. My brothers and sisters, I'll get to this later, but you notice in that verse 6, there's another element that's introduced. And what is that? Gifts. Gifts, amen? So now we have another element. So now remember, this faith is huge. It all begins and ends with our faith. Jesus demonstrated that through his walk on earth, and he talked to, and he rebuked his disciples, as we already covered, and, and that wasn't the only time. They rebuked his disciples for their lack of faith. He demonstrated, he, Jesus demonstrated what faith would look like. Jesus, even in the, in, remember we used this last week, or this was demonstrated in uh, his faith in God, when he was led by spirit, he was driven by spirit, it says, by Holy Spirit, dr- drove him into the wilderness to be tempted. And remember, he withstood every temptation by the Word of God. He just stood on the Word of God. What the Word of God taught, what the Word of God said, the eternal Word of God, he stood on those truths, and the enemy had to back off of them. And remember what it said. Left him for a more opportune time. Like when he is sweating blood in the garden. Come on. And all of the other challenges and temptations that Jesus had in his lifetime. Whereas all, you, you've heard me say it. You've heard me rehearse this time and time and time again. His own family thought he was a lunatic. The, the, the Jewish the authorities wanted to kill him for, almost from, from the get-go. But he withstood all of that. His friends abandoned him. Right? All of those things that you and I suffer, he suffered. But without sin. So now remember, we, went, we, we were in Ephesians chapter 2. We read uh, from verse 1 through 10. I'm going to go back now to 8 again, and this is the same thing that we've started with. So this is the foundational scripture that we started with. Uh, For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift to God, not of works, as anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before, and that we should walk in them. So we read from verse 1. We're going to go back to verse 1 because that is verse 8. So we're going to take verse 1 and we're going to go back into Ephesians chapter 2, take it apart just a little bit. So in verse 1 he said, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So now when we, were pre- when we were studying together out of 1 John, in 1 John it said in 5.19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Now, now let, me, let me say something to you because a lot of people are going to scoff at this and probably many already do. When you're not born again, when you're, even when you're operating a, a, away from the word of God, when you're operating according to what you think, how you feel, what, what you know, You're under the sway of the devil. Oh, no, I'm not, Tony. I do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baloney. You are, when you're walking according to your own flesh, when you're walking according to your likes and dislikes, that's your old nature. And that's what the devil loves. Because he can keep you bound up, he can keep you burdened, and he can keep you under his thumb as long as you're operating that way. You're not free. Oh yeah, I'm free. Nobody's my boss. I do what I want to do. Okay. You're doing what you're led to do by the enemy of your soul, the devil. How do you know that, Tony? says it right here. says it right here. The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole world. 
The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom we also all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Now look, when it says they're children of wrath, that doesn't mean we walked around mad all the time, although some of us may have, and some of us may still. But so, so when it's saying that, it's, it's speaking something different. Well, what do you mean? Let's look at what it says in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son of God shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. See, you've heard me say this again and again and again. It's not the wrath of the enemy that we're escaping. The wrath of God is upon the enemy. Right now, his time is short. He knows it. But the wrath of God is upon the enemy and all those who follow that. So when you follow your sinful natures, you may think you're, you're loving life, you're doing things that you want to do, how you want to do it, the things that you bring you happiness and pleasure and those things that satisfy you in the moment. That's all well and good. But you're, listen, the Bible just very plainly says it. Holy Spirit just plainly spoke it. You're desiring the lusts of your own flesh and the lusts of your own mind. Those things are contrary to the Spirit of God. Now either you believe that or you don't. And if you don't believe that at all, you're wasting your time here. And I don't mean that ugly. I I really don't. Because we can't get into that position, my brothers and sisters, as quote-unquote, I'm using the air quotes, Christians believing that we can pick and choose where we want to serve God, where we don't want to serve God, what the things that we like about serving God are and those we excel in and the things that we're not, you know, maybe that's for yesterday, it's not for today. You can't do that. You're wasting your time. And for too long, that's happened. And that's why we as the church find ourselves in the position that we're in. And that's why we don't have these signs, wonders, and miracles following. Because true belief believes that this word is his. True belief says, I want to know what every jot and tittle of that word says because that's what I need to do. Okay, let's continue. I know you're dying to. In verse 4, it says that we were, that we were by our old nature, we were uh, children of wrath, just as everybody else in this world that's under the sway of the devil. Verse 4 starts this way. But God. But God. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. See, that's the whole key. The whole key is Old Testament pointing to Christ. New Testament's all about Christ. Accepting what He did, His propitiation, the payment that He made for us, and then knowing that in Him we have life. That we believe every word that He said. That we believe, listen, that we believe all of the actions and we believe ultimately that because of the truth that He spoke and because of the truth that He lived, He was raised by that same power that now dwells in you and me. Raised from the dead. Raised from the dead. And now we have life in Him because we are in Him and He's alive forevermore, so are we. Come on. Oh. 1 John 5.20 where we were studying so so many of us together. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true and we are in in who is true in His Son Christ Jesus. This is the true God and eternal life. See, it's, it's, it's not just one little scripture that I'm taking you know, and trying to add context to or make something happen. It is over and over and over again in Scripture, in New Testament, that in Him we have everything that we need. In Him we have this abundant life in God. Amen? Amen. In Him. In Him we are already seated in heavenly places. In Him. Only if we have faith. Only if we believe it and we live like we believe it. Amen? All right, remember you said that. So that brings us back now to this foundational scripture. I'm going to say it again. This will be at least, I'm thinking, the third time that I'm going to repeat this scripture. Hopefully somebody will get it. All right, so this brings us back to Ephesians 2, verses 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, let me pause here just for a minute. God prepared them beforehand. They were by God, for God. Period. 
He did this. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He did this. He did this. He prepared them. He prepared them. Listen. He prepared them with purpose. His purpose. His plan. From eternity past. And he meant it for it to happen. This is not just somebody who says, Hey, I got an idea. I'm going to try this. Just forgive me. I'm, again, as usual, struggling with this mic just a little bit. It's not just somebody who came up with a whim. Hey, I think I'll try this and see how it works out. God who occupies eternity, past, present, and future simultaneously. Time can't contain Him. I know this is a concept that I can't understand. And if you think you can understand it, you're lying. This is a concept that I can't understand. But He is able to occupy eternity, past, present, and future simultaneously. And so God, knowing the, uh, uh, knowing the end from the beginning, had ordained that these works should be the things that are done in His name to glorify His name so that, listen, all who would would come to salvation. That all who would, listen, be the body of Christ would be the body of Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. And I'm so thankful that there were people that walked before me. Come on! people that walk before me in the works that God had preordained for them to walk in because here I am right now because somebody walked in the works that God had preordained for them to walk in. Hallelujah. And there's some people that are born again. There's some people that are saved right now. There are some people that have been ministered to because some of you in this room have walked in the works that God has ordained for you to walk in. And it's had its effect. It's glorified God. It made them think and it made them confess. Hallelujah. I am so thankful and grateful that there's going to come a day, my brothers and sisters, when not just me, when some of you will be standing in heaven and you're going to know that there were some people that got saved. There are some people that are going to be in heaven because you lived according to the love that you have for Jesus Christ. Can you imagine anything more spectacular than that? Can you imagine that someone lived in eternity because you made the right choice and you obeyed God? Could there be anything better than that? No. When I saw my children being born, I, 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 was, I was just like, my, my open mouth jaw, like, ah, in awe. Right, man, Mitch? I'm like, ah. There's no way that this stuff happens on accident. This is a miracle. This is awesome stuff. My son, my daughter. Boy, and and that was, I, those were some of the most precious times I could ever, uh, that will stick with me until the day I die. And I'm there. And my wife is going through what she's going through the first time, especially. And I'm, and, and I'm, I'm powerless. I can't take her pain. I, I have nothing to do with this except that God brought us together to, to create this. God used it. And then all of a sudden this is happening and I can't. And it's strictly something that God had ordained from eternity past. And here we go. So likewise, my brothers and sisters, there are people that will be born, that will be newborn babes in Christ because of what you did. And it's not going to be anything in your power. You're not going to, you're, you're not going to be able to do anything. You're just, you're just planting that seed. You're just doing the, and someone else is going to come by. They're going to be, maybe you're the one that's got the watering can and you're watering that seed and that person is going to all of a sudden one day say, I get it. Lord, Lord, I stink. I need you. And you're going to see that person in heaven. That's your fruit. Hallelujah. That's one of the crowns that you're going to get to throw at His feet. How is there anything better? But see, it's not within your power. This is not the old nature that we get to do these things under. We're all gifted in certain areas. Remember that, that fourth element. I'm going to go back now because... This should be happening. We should be multiplying in this church, outside this church, in our family. We should be multiplying. And it should be part of this miraculous thing, this, this, this power that's demonstrated through us and on us that we basically have no control. It's under His control. We just have faith for it and allow Him to use us. But it's not happening. So now we're going to go back into Ephesians, but now in chapter, in chapter 5... I'm going to read it. Just listen to me. Therefore, man, I, I, I am. I wore a short sleeve shirt today. Just it's hot in here. Verse seven. Therefore, do not five seven. Therefore, do not associate with them. For at one time you were in darkness, 
But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do, not, that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. See, my brothers and sisters, we're, 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 we're created in Christ Jesus for these good works. We're, we're dealt this measure of faith. And by faith we receive His grace. And this grace is this gift from God. But look at We don't do the works to receive that, obviously. It's by faith that we receive that. But then, once we receive that in verse 10, you see, we're created in Christ Jesus for these good works. God prepared them beforehand. But then look at what it says. Mary, could you throw up um, that next verse, the, the foundational verse? No. Back, back, back. I'm sorry. There you go. Hallelujah. You see that? We should walk in them. See, now you have this contrast. In Ephesians 5-7, to he's saying all of these things that we used to be a part of, that's how we conducted our lives. And now, he, 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 you know, don't, don't do that. Don't do like what the world is doing. Don't do that. But, and then he's saying now, these good works, on the other hand, these are the things that you should walk in these good works. These things that have been ordained by God. These are the things that we should, this is how our conduct should be. Now, again, I'm going back and forth. I'm about just a little bit between Ephesians 2 and 5. So now going back to Ephesians 5, but it says this. All things, in verse 13, 5.13, all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly. Okay, you see that? The same word? In, in chapter 2 now, we see it again in chapter 5. Walk, conduct your life circumspectly. What that means is conduct it carefully. Be careful how you walk, how you live your life. Right? It's not saying be, be afraid. It's not saying, look at the devil's around the next corner looking to chop your head off, so be really careful. You should be walking scared. No. Be, be alert. Be sober. Now you know some things. Come on, man, you guys. Now you have some knowledge. Now you know some things. You know the course of the life that you led before leads to death. You know that all of those folks who seemingly are having a great time here and now are are under the sway of the devil. This sounds like an old-timey, an old-timey preaching, doesn't it? Well, it's a shame that we got away from that. My brothers and sisters, I'm saying something to you. You know better. And so that's what he's saying to us now. He's saying you used to walk that way, but now you need to walk circumspectly, walk carefully, but now, not as fools. Why? Because look at you know that leads to the destruction, so if you do that, you're foolish. Right? Not as fools, but wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Amen. Because the days are evil and getting more evil just like it was prophesied of in the Old Testament and it was going to be evil and it's going to get more evil and wickedness is going to be uh, looked at as good and good is going to be looked at as evil. All of that is happening right before our eyes right here, right now. Walk circumspectly. Be careful. And look at redeeming the time. What does that mean? You ever hear uh, the saying, time is money? Yeah, right? Have you heard that? I know, see it? Even Sirius has heard that. Time is money. Time is money. Okay, so if now let's see if we thought about time truly as money. Let, then let's think about it. Redeeming the time. That means my time is, has some value. That means I'm trading my time and getting something in return. So walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. How am I spending my time? Right? You see, you see it? Is this tracking? How am I spending my time? Am I, am I redeeming the time for what is good? Am I spending it on things that are the good works? 
Am I spending on? Am I spending it on those things that have eat? Listen, come on. You know, you know what? I don't know why. Am I spending it on things that have an eternal return? Is, is, am I spending my time on the here and now? Which, come on, man. Think about it. If someone blessed me with a truckload of cash right now, man. If I wanted to, I could go on a spending spree and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and man, I'd buy everybody everything, build a new church and all this other stuff. But after the pile of money is gone, what happens? So, so if I'm looking at my time as money, I'm investing my time and I want something that's not going to be here today and gone tomorrow. I want something that's going to be eternal. Are you with me? Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now listen, I've, I've said this and I've rehearsed this to many, many people. And I've said it from this pulpit a time or two. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. We know what that means. It, it, it does it mean not to be drunk. Absolutely it does. Does it mean not to, not to be under the influence of anything? You know, know what this is talking about, though? It's not just uh, an advertisement that the Lord is against alcohol or anything like that. It's not that way. But if you're, listen, if you're in tune with God's work for your life, God's will for your life, why would you waste time being drunk? And you know this word, it says dissipation, um, it's profligate. Um, there's other words to describe it. But now watch. Rem- a prodigal. Remember the, the, the prodigal son? Same word. Same Greek word. So it's wasteful. It's wasteful. That's what this means. Wasteful. It's, it's um, decadent. It's, it's just not useful. It's just debauchery is another word that, that's used in place of that. Come on. Come on. Are, are you with me? So, so now watch. Remember what the prodigal son did. He says to the father, you're not dying quick enough. I want my inheritance so I can live for the here and now. I don't want that out there while I'm more mature and probably can handle it. I want it now so I can have a good time. And so what does it say? What does it say? It says that he, and that's the same word, that he used all of his inheritance on parting, on, listen, on prodigal living, which is translated from the same word. Wasteful debauchery, immoral, right? Everything that served his pleasure here and now. So he's parting it up. He's going to the parties. He's doing the alcohol and whatever they did back then. He's got his good time buddies. He's got the women and he's doing all of that stuff. Having a good time. And then what happens is it runs out. It runs out. So now let's flip back. Your time is money. What are you redeeming it for? Because it's running out. See, so if I'm redeeming my time the way God had called me to redeem my time, these works that He's called me into, I'm getting an eternal value. I'm getting back from my time eternity. Come on! that is. See, I don't know if I said that right. Because there should be more people happy as I am right now. So maybe I didn't say that right. Or maybe you just don't care. I'm going to say it again. What am I... Re- I'm, 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 I'm trading. I'm redeeming my time. I'm putting my time in according to those works and those things that God has called me to and I'm getting eternity for it. Hallelujah. I'm not spending it all down here. Oh, I'm, I'm using it down here, but because I'm using it according to those good works that He has called me to, that He has called you to, it has eternal... I'm getting redeemed. I'm get, remember when you were a kid? Hey, Terry, you're too young. Remember when you were a kid and you used to get those Coke bottles? And you bring them back. Me and my friend used to pick them up, every one, and we get a nickel for every bottle we brought back to that little store. Remember? That's called redeeming. I picked up those bottles. I carried them in. For that bottle, I got some money. Ho, ho. If I told you right now, if I told you right now there was some stuff up there outside in that parking lot, if you picked it up for everything you picked up, you brought it back, you'd get $1,000. Man, we couldn't have nobody in this church. Y'all be out in the parking lot picking up whatever it is you think that you're supposed to be picking up. But see, here, here is better. 
Here is better. Because now we're redeeming our time, listening to the Word of God, trying to find out what His will for us is, so that we can walk in these works that He's called us to. And then that's what's talking about, hey, I'm going to walk circumspectly. I'm going to be very careful. I'm not afraid, but I'm going to be careful because I want to be looking out what God is saying to me and I want to go ahead and do those things that He's called me to do. Hallelujah! That's redeeming the time. But see, here's, the, here's this, this, this verse 18. Do not be drunk with wine and, and with His dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. But now, okay. Now, we can't tie that. I, you know what? This makes more sense to me. Understand what the will of the Lord is. If, I, if I'm being drunk with wine or if I'm letting all of these outside influences make me drunk, whether it be drugs, illicit drugs, prescription drugs, or whatever it is that I'm... Oh, I, Tony, you know, pots, there's nothing wrong with pot. Oh, shut up. If I'm doing anything that's causing any kind of reaction or action physiological in my body, including my brothers and sisters, just as much pornography, just as much overemphasis in certain foods, and all of these other things to bring me comfort, to bring me, to calm me down. Man, I want to tell you something. In my life, I ought to be the biggest drunk in here. Why are you looking at me like that? Come on. If it was okay to just take the edge off then partner, I'd be the roundest person in this room. Man, the stress, the pressure. But now look, all of us experience stresses and pressures and things this world. Walk circumspectly. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Because he's called you to something. Now if you let all of this stuff stress you and you're looking for something to take the edge off, again, whether it be chemical, whether it be you know, just a certain comfort food, or that could become that thing that now you're not walking carefully anymore. Go on. Oh, man. See, I know that this is not going to have the impact on some of you. I know that. But on some of you it is. So you need to stop leaning on whatever those things have been, those crutches that you have. That means put down the stinking phone. Get off the darn computer. Get off... I'm telling you, why do I got to talk this way? Our young people, walk circumspectly. Be careful. Everybody and anybody gets to you on your phone. But here you are, listening. You're you're leaving yourself wide open. Yeah, but Pastor, sometimes they they send me scriptures. Ah, shut up. He comes disguised as an angel of light. As soon as you open the door to Him, He's reaping havoc in you, on you, over you. Stop. Stop. Yeah, but I'm, I need to... Here's the Scriptures. You got, them, you got them in your house, I'll guarantee you. Go and dust it off, and it'll say the same things that they're sending you on that phone. Hallelujah. But you have it, and then you have it, you have that to go in your prayer closet and say, Lord, I don't understand this as well as I want to. Can you help me? Yes, you know why? Because He wants you fortified. He wants you edified. He wa- Listen, He wants you built up in those gifts that He's given to you. Why? Because He's got a responsibility for you. There's somebody that's looking at you that is watching what you say, what you do, because God has put them in your atmosphere so that they can all of a sudden one day recognize the love of Jesus Christ and get saved. Hallelujah. 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 Don't know where I'm at. Hallelujah. Yeah, be not drunk with wine. We use all of these. Man, I I, honestly, I've done it a time or two in my life. You know, find myself justifying, you know, not being in the Word or not praying or something. I'm just so tired. No, I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody here. Maybe a little. But I'm not saying that. (laughs) But what I was saying is, my brothers and sisters, listen, we can't do that. We've been called to these works. We've been redeemed, and now we have to redeem the time that He's given us. Now, we started this branch back in 5, verse 7. Remember? And He said, Therefore, do not associate with them. Who's them? Who's them? Well, let me read what he says who them is, and then you recognize if there's any of them in your life that you're associating with. And make sure you're not one of them. Oh, boy. I'm a, I'm a, make sure that you don't... Come on now. I know. I know. Man, I had to come here. I had to drive all the way over here to hear this. Yes, you did. 
God knew you were going to be here and he gave me the words to say. Hallelujah. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. Imitate God. You're his child. Imitate God. Well, when I was growing up, I was just like my father. Even to the extent before he got saved, the things that he didn't do, that he did before he was saved, I tried to do them. Some of them. Hush. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So look, we have this, we have this, this, this position, this, this personality, but who is more than just a person, more than just you know, a fictitious, you know, somebody that's written about. This is, a, this is the true and living God who took a body and walked it out for us to show us and show us how to do it. And it says, be imitators, imitate him. Verse 3, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. That just eliminated a lot of people in churches all over this country. Oh, Tony, you had to go there. I didn't, the scripture did. I didn't. So young people, be careful. Be careful of these relationships that you're getting into. Oh, but he's all dreamy. She's the greatest. Uh, Okay. Remember, listen, you are a child of God. And God is telling you to stay away from those things. Amen? 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 God is telling you to stay away from those things. But see, we have adults in the church that are going to church, living together, adults, living together, having a relationship as a married couple, and thinking that, you know, they're spiritually okay. You're not okay. Why? Because you say, Tony? No, because it says so. So now watch. So we go to these churches and we're congregated, and we're in these spiritual ruts. The only excitement, the only thing that really gets everything stirred up has to be man-made. What do you mean by that, Tony? I mean, it has to be this speaker that's so dynamic. He gets everybody's blood up or the music is just so awesome and you have the lights and the smoke so we contrive all of that. So, okay, so we have the dynamic speaker. We don't have the music. I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. So you understand. None of that, that doesn't mean that's spiritual. But we go ahead and we, 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 we contrive all of that stuff. We have these things that exist in the church and then wonder why people aren't getting healed in the church. We, we wonder why that people that are coming down and getting saved, praying a prayer, walking out, still living the same lives that they lived before they went down to the altar. Here I could speak for us here in Dade City. For us, how many times that I've had young people come down to this altar, pray a prayer, baptize some of them, and then they're going back out there and they're not living anything for God right now. And some of them hate me right now. Truly. Why? And some of them ain't too crazy about some of you either, so don't get all happy. But that's just exactly what the Lord said it would be like. Amen? But man, let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. See, look, some some of these things that we speak and some of these innuendos that we make, and all these little things that we, or we're listening, you know, in earshot of these dirty jokes. I mean, I, they, they try to do that to me a lot. I've had people literally know my stand and say, hey, come on, Tony, let's go, you know, we're going to go uh, blah, 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 and do this. Why don't you come with us? Knowing, they're, they're antagonizing me. They're trying to antagonize me. Right? Hey, Tony, uh, blah, 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 they'll talk junk. Right? So now what do I do? Do I... Thus saith the Lord, or come out. No, not for me. Not for me, you know that, and walk off. But one day, if the Lord gives me the unction, then I will rebuke that that thing that's in them, and I will say, come out! And when it's the Lord behind it, guess what? It will come out. My brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to make fun or make a show. I'm not. I am very slow to do a lot of the things that the Lord... There have been times in this church and still are. I know some of the things that you guys do when, 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 you're not, when it's not Sunday or Wednesday. I know it. I don't always call you out on it. I'm hoping that the preaching and the teaching, Holy Spirit will call you out on it and you'll go ahead without me putting the pressure on you externally. 
But you know what you're doing. So you want to know why you're in a spiritual rut? There's one of your answers why. You want to know why God isn't moving with... Now I want to tell you, I had a, a meeting with... Uh, I, 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 just a casual thing with a pastor friend of mine. Pastor is like a medium-sized church, not a big one of those mega churches or anything like that. And we had met a, a, a while ago, maybe a couple of months or something ago, talking about what's going on in our churches. We talk about where the Lord is leading us as it relates to, you know, the messages the Lord is dropping on us and, and what's going on in our churches, and especially since COVID and how his church has reacted, how our church has reacted, what we're doing, what they did, blah, blah, blah. You know, pastor talk. A little shop talk between the pastors. But one thing that he said that I knew would happen, and it happened specifically, and he talked about how there had been people in his church that had been church members for years. And that all of a sudden just got up and walked out, but God had told him that there's going to be a shaking. And when this shaking happened, it surprised him at some of the people that fell off. And listen, the numbers went down. But then as he saw other people coming on and the people that stayed, there was this whole new atmosphere that took place. Whole different atmosphere. See, my brothers and sisters, you know, we have been uh, in this season where we are for, for quite a while. There have been times when I've gone to people directly and talked to them specifically. There have been times when people have come to me with their struggles. Sometimes they're honest, sometimes they're not. Totally. I struggle sometimes, my brothers and sisters. I'm being honest with you now. Maybe I, I, so, so then let, let me say this. So then let me shoulder a lot of the responsibility and blame as it relates to not confronting maybe some things that I should have been more strongly confronting. But I'm not, gonna, I'm not holding back anymore. So whatever you're doing outside, don't bring it in here. Don't bring it in here. If you're bringing it in here to leave it, hallelujah, come on. Listen, I'm not asking you to be perfect. If, you, if you're not perfect out there, don't come back to church. No, if you heard it that way, forgive me. That's not the way I meant it. What I meant it was, if you're in here not meaning for the Lord to have any say-so over your life, if you're coming in here just wanting to half-step with the Lord, you're, gonna, you're, you're not going you're, you're to make it. The half-stepping has got to be over. There's too many half-steppers and now that's why we can't go forward. Because there's some of us that are stepping and then there's that half a step that's taking us back. My brother and sister, the, the time is, is it, it's over. Let me, let me talk to you a little bit more about this pastor friend of mine. He was talking to me about recently what is happening in his church and then, you know, he started to go in and what, you know, specifically there are some services that now that are lasting a long time. You know, they start preaching and teaching and then, then the next thing you know they're praising and worshiping God. And he said, you know, in one service he looked up and he said it was 1.30 and he said as he looked up there were still 90% of the people were still there. If I went till 1.30, I would be maybe me and maybe Michelle, but she probably would abandon me too. But <laughs> Now, listen, are you hearing me? If I, right now I'm struggling to make sure that I get done in time to keep your attention. Because after a little while, you're going to stop paying attention. You're thinking about, man, it's getting kind of late, or my, my stomach is growling, I need to beat the Baptist to the... Come on. No, are, are you listening to me? Please, please hear my heart. Redeeming the time. So they're spending time. This is what he... And he describes something to me, this thing that I've been praying for since 2012. He's describing to me. People down at the altar operating all of the spiritual gifts. You have the gift of tongues and prophecy and you have people praying for healing, praying for each other. My brothers and sisters, that's what this is supposed to be about. Redeeming the time. Again, if I go over to one o'clock, everybody's going to be upset or most of the people will be upset. Why? Is that time not well spent? Or we, is that time that, that, that we're spending frivolously? I want to, I, I'm just, Holy Spirit, I want to speak to us, family, families. When, one of the things that I loved about, and I still do love about Michelle, is when, when we first started talking about getting married, 
she, she's, she's pretty intelligent. And, and the jobs that she has, I mean, she's excelled at just f- because of uh, her, her mind, her God-given ability for numbers and that, that kind of organization. Didn't go to college. She could have. But she chose not to. When we got married and we said babies right away, I said, okay, look, you take care of the babies. You take care of the babies. I don't want uh, a, a, a daycare raising my kids. So I, you raise the babies. Then when the babies go to school, if you want to go to college, go to college. And, and I'll pay for it. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. If you want to do that, you do that. You know what? Michelle was totally good with that. She wanted a family. And, and spent the time raising the children. And still, when the children went to school, you know, she got part-time jobs. Because let me tell you, I mean, we didn't have, we didn't have a lot. We worked. Her and I worked together. The Lord, and, and I blessed the Lord for it. I've, I've shared with you last week how what I do outside of here, I'm, I'm blessed because I, I have an ability to do something that I, I didn't study for. And Michelle, again, didn't go to college, but she has an ability to excel at what she's doing. Those are God-given things. They didn't happen on accident. God had a plan. And she was walking circumspectly. Redeeming the time. Put time into our children. And our children may not be perfect, but they're here. They're here. Come on. And I don't mean here just because they want to please dad, because that, believe me, that's not what they're here for. But are you, but, but do you, are you, do you see that? But we get into this culture and into this society where now women are being told, unless you have a career path that's just like a man, it's better than a man, or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's, that, no. No. God has called you as an individual to something that this world should have no control over. That this world should not determine how you feel about yourself based on what they say you should be doing. Once you choose to have a family, you're responsible for the family. Regardless of what... Yeah, but you know, uh, like you could fall into the same trap that I did when I was younger. And when I was younger, I thought all of these jobs that I could do and all of this upward mobility I had to have was so that I can have more pay so that I could give my kids more things. That, that was... I, I wanted my kids to have... Everything that I could... I wanted to make sure they were in private school. I wanted to make sure they had things, that they didn't go without anything, right? But you know what they went without? Me. So is that redeeming the time? Thank God. Thank God that, you know, maybe he had a hand in it and somewhere along the line that stopped where I didn't have to work all of those hours, didn't have to have all of those jobs. But, but regardless of what it is, are, are you hearing me? Listen, I'm not trying to make this a personal thing. What I'm trying to say is as families, as fathers, as mothers, as children, as children, you have a responsibility. In Christ, we have a responsibility. Walk. Let me, let me continue. Let no one deceive you with empty words. No, 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 I, I apologize. Let me back up. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Be thankful for all of the things that we do have and not look at the stuff that we don't. Be thankful for our brothers, our sisters, our neighbors, our friends. Amen? For you may be sure of this, that who, everyone who is sexually immoral, impure, or who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Except if you're born again. Does it say that? No. It doesn't say that. It says if you're doing those things, you don't have an inheritance with God. There's no qualifier other than if you're doing those things, this is what happens. It doesn't say if you do those things, God punishes you. No. What it says is there are two ways that you can go. You have an inheritance with God or you have what's inherited by the devil. You choose. Amen? Let, and now I love it. Let no one deceive you with empty words. See, there are a lot of, there's a lot of that going on right now, my brothers and sisters, in churches and in and, 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 and colleges and you know, all over the place. There are a lot of empty words. 
It is the Word of God that's eternal. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not associate with them. There we go. Don't associate with them. I'm going I'm to leave it there. Because some of you are getting tired and restless. No? Let me go back. There's one little point. I'm going to go back. Mary, if you have it, you can put it up there. If not, back in, in Ephesians. No, I still have it. I'm going to go. Ah. Back, no, Mary, my, my mistake. Go back to where we were. I apologize. Next one. Do not associate with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and the right and the true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. That's, that's the key. Find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Spend your time doing that. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful to speak of the things that they do in secret. I want to land on this today. Whatever you're doing in secret, it's not a secret. Whatever you're doing in secret. Young people, I'm going to talk to you first. Those things that you're worried about, come on, hey. This is, this, is, this is serious. Those things that you're worried about your mother and father finding out about, God knows. God knows. If, you're, if there's something on your phone that you don't want your father or mother or guardian ever to see, it shouldn't be on there. Now I'm going to talk to husbands. Same for you. Adults, any adult, spouses, if there's something on your email, if there's something on your computer, if there's something on your phone that you don't want your spouse to see, shouldn't be there. Oh yeah, but it was a surprise. I'm giving her a surprise party. Yeah, yeah, okay, surprise. You're going to be surprised because you think you're getting away with something and when you stand before him, he's going to say, what about this? And see, listen, listen. We keep thinking that, you know, well, I'm going to be able to sweet talk my way around God or God knows my heart. Yeah, He does. That's the problem. And He's trying to speak to your heart right now. Right now. Young people, you don't have to do what they do. You don't have to participate in what they're participating in. You don't have to go ahead and just because you become a certain age, now you're going to go ahead and start having physical relationships with people. God just told you not to. That wasn't Pastor Tony. That was God. That wasn't Grandpa. That was God. Come on now. Oh, man. See, did this message suddenly turn? I'm begging you. I'm pleading with you. Yeah, do I want signs, wonders, and miracles in this church? Yes. Are we in a spiritual right? Yes. Why? Because we continue to do those things that God has instructed us not to do. But then we come to church thinking that everything's okay or we're going to get a blessing or, you know, let's see, maybe, maybe, the, maybe something that happened during a song service or maybe I'm going to say a special prayer. Or blah, blah. No, none of that stuff happens. Why? Because we're not redeeming the time. Come on. I want to get out of this rut. How about you? We should come to church and we should be excited about and anticipate what God is going to do. And He will do something every time we walk in this door. Stop doing what you're doing in secret. Please. I'm begging you. Stop. And stop justifying some of those things. And some of you say those things, well, that, you know, that's okay. I mean, other people do it or other Christians do it or whatever. The empty words are killing you. The empty words that are being spoken by people who just want to make sure that they don't take anybody off and they don't run anybody off. Those empty words are killing the church. Oh, there may be some huge ministries and they're growing. But that's not the church. There may be some people in that congregation that are part of the church, His church, but all of those people are not part of the church. 
Come on. I'm pleading with you. I'm begging you. Stop those secret things. Stop it. Give it to God. Turn it over to God. Start redeeming the time. Understand how valuable your life is to God because He's called you to specific works. Why? Because He needs for you to show somebody else that there is a God and His name is Jesus. Amen? Amen? And that person is, listen, that person could be someone that you least expect. That's why you have to be careful. Not afraid. Careful. Redeem the time. Amen? Stand with me, please. I know you can't take it anymore. Do we have anything? Come on. Let the praise team come.